Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on the Topic of Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, I'm joined by guests for a lively conversation on a topic we hope you'll find interesting. In this roundtable discussion, I am joined by my sister Kay Kellum. We're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion and, frankly, something of a post-mortem, I think, for The Player, which was a new series this season on NBC. I think it was NBC. Lasted nine episodes. Mm, and there it lay. Yeah, nine, uh, nine episodes and uh, canceled at that. And we liked it. I liked it a lot. I was really enjoying it. It It's a concept. I don't want to say it's a warped concept. It's a strange concept. And that's what I was enjoying about it. Um, one of the actors, Wesley Snipes, known mm-hmm. more for movies than TV. Uh, the basic concept here is Wesley Snipes plays the pit boss of a gambling house. At the beginning of the season, his player has died, so he needs a new player. And so we get introduced to the player, who's a, at this point, uh, Alex Kane, a security consultant, ex-Special uh, Forces operative. Ex-FBI, apparently, yeah. or something to that effect. Just one of those super soldier sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. And he gets roped into becoming the player for the house. And basically, the way it works is rich people need to be kept distracted lest they cause world wars or do either uh, other bad things. You know, and they need really impressive things to gamble large amounts of money on. High stakes games. Mm-hmm. So, like in one of the episodes, it's can Alex Kane stop this the the gang war between these two two rival gangs? You know, and in that one, I noticed when they were phrasing the wager that it was going to be on, it wasn't prevent, it was stop. Yes, because the gang war had not yet started when the bet was placed. And there are rules to the 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 gambling here. When the bet is in play. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the player has access to the dealer, in this case, Cassandra, somebody or other. King. King. Uh, a blonde, high-tech genius who's also ex-special forces of some sort. Mm-hmm. And all the resources that the dealer has access uh, to. The house. Yes. And they're going, again, it's set in Vegas. They're going heavily on the gambling metaphor and whatnot. But the implication is there are multiple houses there are multiple bets at the different houses. But basically, you know, it's rich people need something to gamble on. Here's a guy putting his life at risk to do something virtually impossible or whatever. The odds are against him. He can't use other resources, can't use the police, whatever. Only, you know, what, what he can bring to bear and what the house has. And he can't tell the police what's going on. He yes, can't... it's all in secret. It's hush-hush. Yeah, he can't tell the police he's part of a wager or part of the house, but he also can't tell the police what he's working on or why. Yeah, he can't just hand somebody over to the cops, which is a problem because Alex, his best friend, is a local cop. And that relationship plays out over the course of the, the mm-hmm. nine episodes pretty interestingly and left at a very pivotal moment in that relationship mm-hmm. where the cop had been shot uh, uh, due to, to Alex's activities as the player. Alex has come and saved him, gotten him to the hospital, whatever. The guy's in the hospital bed. He's been operated on. It looks like he'll live. And he's basically chewing the guy out of 
no more favors, no more, you know, uh, uh, you know, looking over past things or whatever, no more blind eye, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. We're done. I'm coming after you is kind of the implication. Well, I'm in this hospital bed because of whatever mess you're in that you won't tell me about. And the cop felt he had crossed lines he never would have crossed because he thought his friend was in danger. Mm-hmm. And his friend won't come clean to him. Yeah. Well, and an FBI agent has told the cop that Alex is part of a criminal enterprise, uh, has either implied or stated he's part of a mafia operation. She has some rather grandiose ideas of what the house is. Well, and she is being set up on the house, being pointed in that direction, by somebody who is going to, trying to take down Johnson, the pit boss, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes' character. And there's backstory and and uh, conspiracy g- uh, galore in that area that that's ambiguous mm-hmm. to the point of uh, the pit boss saying, if I knew who they were, I wouldn't be dealing with you. I'd be dealing with them, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that was set up in the first episode was Alex's on-again, off-again girlfriend or whatever. On-again, uh, off-again wife. Wife. Uh, Jenny. <laughs> They're getting back together, but then somebody comes and kills her. Mm-hmm. Or do they? She appears to be dead. She's not. She's in the run. From who, with who, etc. And that was kind of one of those uh, meta arc things. Across. I was going to say it's a plot line they dole out a piece at a time every episode, and where they ended was very unsatisfactory. Oh, absolutely. But Alex's meta arc or, or long term arc is what's going on with Jenny? Can he find his wife? Can he save her? Well, and. In that respect, where they ended was, again, unsatisfactory because he's telling the pit boss, the only reason I stayed as a player in the game is because I thought you had a way of helping me find my wife, knew where my wife was, something. You let me think you could help me. You don't know where she is. You're of no use to me. Yeah. But now the pit boss, his arc is all about what this, what is being what is the threat to the house? Yeah. Who's coming after him and why? What's his backstory? What's going on with the house? How does it work? Who's he responsible or report to? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole backstory and conspiracy and, and plot lines they could have gone down. Mm-hmm. But then also with Cassandra, what's her backstory? What's her relationship to Jenny? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Alex's wife. Because we've seen a photo of them together. Clearly knew each other, you know. Can Alex trust her? Can Alex trust uh, uh, the pit boss? Can the pit boss and the dealer trust each other? Well, and that's particularly interesting because when the FBI decided to kidnap Cassandra off the streets and interrogate her by literally ripping her clothing off of her and yeah. breaking up her scene. jewelry. and Well, the, the jewelry presumably had bugs in it, so yeah. I get that. Yeah, but I mean, the they went... Stripping her Hardcore. down to her underwear, giving her eye drops to where she can't really see. Dilating her eyes, uh, yeah. tearing apart her shoes in case there's something in the heels. They they were hardcore. And at the end, when she, Cassandra, is telling the FBI, you don't know who you're coming after or why. And the FBI comes back at them with, and comes back at her with, you don't know who killed your parents and siblings. Yes, and it set up uh, the pit boss as having potentially been the person who killed the rest of her family. Yeah. And does she know that? Does does Cassandra know that? Does she not? You know, again, what's going on there? There's 
a lot of things that were kind of baked into the thing, the, the, the series, the premise of who can you trust, who's working with whom, against whom. And I thought they did a good job over the nine episodes of keeping us guessing of, mm-hmm. you know, can he trust the pit boss? Should he be trusting Cassandra? Can Alex trust either of them? Yeah. And I liked that aspect of it. I think each of the characters fit the position they were in well, played it well. Mm-hmm. I liked how you had Alex Kane, who's just this really tough guy, the, the the field agent, if you will, able to do all this stuff. But then periodically, when we see the pit boss in action, mm. he's even more of a tough guy. Yeah. And when he and Alex fight, Alex is on the losing end of this. Yeah. And it comes down to a player. Every pit boss was a player, but not every player will become a pit boss. Yeah. It's like, how does that transition happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of aspects of how does the house work? What are the rules and all of that that come clear through the episodes and a lot of it that doesn't become clear? Yeah. Well, and the FBI agent says she's investigating the death of what, four or five? Four or five other people that fit Alex's basic description, other players. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Because again, the, the series starts with, a player dead in the desert and the the pit boss saying, yeah, I'm going to need another one. Yeah. I mean, they're disposable. They they either die or, or they somehow get elevated. Yeah. To, uh, to pit boss. And just seeing how uh, the pit boss has manipulated some of Alex's friends and whatnot uh, over the course of the series, you know, the doling out of clues as to what's going on with Ginny, there was enough meta arc from episode to episode to keep me engaged. Mm-hmm. The individual episodes, the bets and whatnot, were good enough, varied enough, mm-hmm. that I liked those. I kind of liked the uh, the Romeo and Juliet in the desert. Once it was clear it was Romeo and Juliet in the desert, it's like, oh, all right, I get it. It ended well and not in a cliche manner. Mm-hmm. What I really like about the series, though, is the actor they got to play Alex Kane, charismatic, uh, sold the action, and and it was a good actor. Yeah, it's Philip Winchester, who's also done a show called Strike Back that's on my uh, I want to watch it list. We need to find out if that's like on Netflix or something. Yeah. Because he did a great job in this and was able to go uh, kind of toe-to-toe, face-to-face or whatever with Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... The scenes, even just the three of them in the headquarters talking about the bed or whatever, those worked well. Yeah. You know, it had a a, a strong cast when Alex is, is talking with his, his cop buddy, either as friends or even on an antagonistic, I can't tell you manner. Mm-hmm. All of that played out well. Yeah. Well, and the episode where the niece showed up. Yes. Um, he really did the, the sentimental and the empathetic scenes really well dealing with the yeah the the niece after his wife's uh death and whatnot and you know she gets into trouble he leaves her in jail for a little bit you'll be safe here whatever mm-hmm. he he sell he sold the character yeah you know he's smart enough to figure things out but not like a super genius or something uh when he discovers in that last episode he's in jenny's uh uh storage uh locker and realizes wait there's more to this locker. Let me move this, push back the wall because he spilled beer under it. Yeah. Um, he, he sold that that was a believable chain of events. Yeah. Yeah. 
and just kind of that shock of why are there guns back here? She was a, 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 a like a nurse or a doctor or whatever. A doctor in Doctors Without Borders, basically. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. A, what had she gotten into? What didn't I know about her? Well, and she was the one who got him away from his work where in special forces, when they would tell him to go out and find and bring back, if he decided the person he'd been sent out to go out and find was a really, really bad dude, he'd just save everybody the bother of a trial and accidentally kill them while he was in the hunt phase. Mm-hmm. And she was the one who persuaded him, no, you, you're a good person with a good heart. You, you don't need to be an executioner. She rehabilitated him. But then at the end, when, you know, the, the person who'd made her disappear or whatever wasn't answering questions, he was very believable as, yes, he will kill him. Yeah. And having that edge and that soft side mm-hmm. to that character of Alex Kane is a lot of what made it work. Yeah. You know, with the Romeo and Juliet one, he had saved the, the equivalent of Juliet or whatever in a previous gang war, so he felt he kind of had a, a level of protection or... or responsibility to that girl mm-hmm. you know so when she ended up dying and stuff he felt that it you know it it, it worked well and mm-hmm. again as much of that is on the writing mm-hmm. as on the actors yeah but we've seen a lot of cases where you get really good writing it's like man you know they just it, it, it's falling flat on the screen or whatever or other times they get great actors but just not much to work with yeah this had a, a good balance of that. It had a good balance of character, of action, of plot, of intrigue. Mm-hmm. So the question is, nine episodes, why didn't it catch on? It's an excellent question. I mean, some of it is, were people finding it when it was first airing? True. lot to watch this season. Yeah, and the decision was made early on to not give it more episodes. I've also got to figure it was a little bit of an expensive show. Yes, because you've got Wesley Snipes, that couldn't have come cheap. Uh, the lead actor, Philip Winchester, uh, has mm-hmm. done enough things that he couldn't have been dirt cheap either. Probably not as expensive as Snipes or whatever, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You're filming in Vegas, so you don't have quite the the resources necessarily there that you would have in other places like Canada or Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also got a lot of action, both car chases, stunts, things of, of that ilk. Plus, you've got just some of the, the tech aspect for, you know, Cassandra's, you know, got to have all the stuff on the screens and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and none of the actors were in on the production side as producers. Not even Wesley Snipes. Not that I'm seeing. That's interesting. Yeah, and sometimes that can, you know, defer some of the cost to make it easier to produce it. He was a good choice for the pit boss, though. Gosh, he was rocking it. Um, he was a very smooth operator. Uh, very debonair character, but also just the fight scenes he had, particularly with Alex, mm-hmm. where, I mean, there are a couple of times in some of the fight scenes, he's just going at it and and uh, the pit boss is just, you know, kicking butt, taking names. But man, when he's doing it with Alex, it's almost like, you know, it's just, you know, a, a casual block kind of a thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's his child's play. Mm-hmm. Well, Without making Alex's character seem incompetent or ineffective. Yes, yes. I liked the episode where uh, Alex went and saved his niece at the end. And it was basically, the bet was up until midnight. And at the stroke of midnight, the wager's over, and the pit boss steps in and says, okay, you can take her safety. Mm -hmm. You won the bet. I'll take care of the trash. I will clean up. 
You know, that to me, that was just a really nice because up until then, there had been almost the with the pit boss hang him out to dry aspect. Yeah. Again, can he trust the pit boss or not? Yeah. You know, we also got uh, one of the pit boss's friends that was played by. Oh, you're on Samuel Letts, aren't uh, you? Richard Roundtree. Hmm. Is that who that was? He was in two episodes at least. Mm-hmm. He ought to be on the IMDb page you're looking at. He ought to be, but I don't see him. I'm pretty sure it was Richard Roundtree. Um, but again, we it get was. a little insight into uh, the pit boss's background in Chicago and some of that stuff. And you got to wonder, it's like, what got him into being able to be that kind of a fighter, get into being a player, promoted, a, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, again, it was a great character for Snipes. I'm glad he, he did it. Not somebody I would have expected to do series television. Mm-mm. No, but... Having seen these episodes, I can see what drew him to it. Oh, absolutely. You get the, uh, essentially, it's almost a, a half an action movie or whatever, half length, a week. Mm-hmm. But given the fight scenes, that had to take some time to go do. Yeah. So if they weren't getting the return on the investment, I could see where it was not a cheap show and why they they, they may have cut the cord that way. But- Nine episodes isn't enough time to really find an audience, I think. No. And like I said, the decision seemed to come at least a month before the final episode aired, maybe more than that. Yeah, I think it came within the at the end of the first month of it being on the air. Yeah. And that's really hard to find an audience that fast. Well, and I think potentially this season more than many others, because just for... Geek shows, Flash, Arrow, Shield, Gotham, iZombie, uh, Walking Dead, if you go a little further afield onto AMC. Um, but you've also just got so many other shows, Quantico, Blind Spot, mm-hmm. uh, Scorpion's still going on. Uh, it's on its second season. Uh, I'm trying to think what other shows, Once Upon a Time, Haven. I mean, there's just a ton of shows. Yeah. Uh, between some of the syndicated uh, networks or whatever, or, you know, like Sci-Fi Channel, et cetera, USA, whatever, and just ABC, NBC, CBS, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those where it's like, geez, it's either watch another CSI or, hey, this is interesting. There's a lot of variety out there right now. Yeah. It comes across as almost another action-adventure procedural sort of a show. I think it had a bit more flavor, a bit more color to it than that, a bit more pizzazz without being ludicrous or, or laden with gimmickry or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's 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 a standard pi riff but again very stylized without being i don't say stylized that's not the right word but it's something that was it, it had its unique identity mm-hmm. i wonder if it was just a concept that a lot of people in just a few lines couldn't grab hold of what is this concept i would agree with that because when it was pitched, I was curious about it, but unclear as to exactly what it was. And I think a better tagline and a better sales pitch initially would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Because they had a presence at a Comic-Con. I'm almost positive. Yeah, they did. But I tuned it out because there was so much going on. And yeah, don't get me wrong. It's Wesley Snipes, etc. But... I wanted to go for the sure things because there was so much competition for my time. Well, I was definitely curious because he was involved. It looked like it'd be a good action show. 
But I couldn't have told you the premise at the time or why it was called The Player. And IMDb is telling me it was a Thursday NBC show. So I can tell you one strike it had against it right off the bat. Thursday. That is Shondaland time. Ah, so it was going up against Grey's Anatomy. uh, uh, Scandal. Scandal and Get Away with Murder? Yeah. How to Get Away with Murder? One of those, yeah. Man, that's that's a tough lineup. Going up against that block is just incredibly hard. I don't care which hour you're up against. Most people who tune in for any part of Shondaland seem to tune in for all of it now. Yeah, but I think you're hitting a different audience between the people who would tune in for... A a medical drama, a soap opera thing like Grey's Anatomy, a political drama like Scandal, or a a kind of a legal murder mystery kind of a thing like How to Get Away with Murder, versus a straight-up action-adventure, almost A-team-ish in terms of type of action-adventure, whatever, uh, that the player was. And and I use the A-team just as, I mean, A-team, Magnum P.I., Simon & Simon, any of those classic 80s kind of a... Yeah. Well, this was very upfront with a, this episode, we're going to deal with this. Well, and I love how they have to actually phrase the bet. Yes. Yes. And that was something that, like you said, a time or two, the actual phrasing of it did matter. And that's something that would have been fun to see play out mm-hmm. over time. Because I've got to imagine at some point Alex Kane would have wanted to, to finagle the wording just a little bit. Yeah. Um, whether he could have done so, uh, to, to really get past the pit boss or play him or not, uh, I doubt, but it would have been fun to see him try. Mm-hmm. It, well, the player himself, as the player, has a certain learning curve going on. Mm-hmm. He's got to understand the system before he can start to game the system. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how effectively can he game the system or leverage the system? And the two are, I think, different ideas. And again, how much of it is the 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 dealer working with him, not working with him, or the pit boss working against him or not? Mm-hmm. Well, and the dealer and the pit boss both had very different goals than Alex. I could never quite tell. For the pit boss, it was keeping the house safe. For the dealer, I was never quite clear what her goal was. Her goal was an entertaining game with lots of bets. That was the only goal I got out of it for I her. I took that more as the pit boss's goal. Okay. But he see, needed to keep the, the the gamblers interested. Yeah. But Alex's goal was preventing crimes and keeping people safe. Mm-hmm. Now, if he could get access to all of their resources by playing their game to do it, then so be it. There were implications that Cassandra, the dealer, was there almost out of necessity or, or force- I was going to say duress. Duress, not choice. Yeah. But towards the end, when we're hearing about her family having been killed, and does she know the truth? I think there was definite story to be told in that area. Mm-hmm. I think there was definite story, at least for this season, on who the threat to the house was. But what I would have expected in a future season, or later in this one, is Alex to come up against another player. Mm-hmm. Competing bets or opposing bets, basically. Different houses. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Competing bets, potentially. Yeah. Hmm. Because that could have been very interesting. Does he come up against a player that's, you know, I'm going to win no matter what? Or another one, like-minded individual, that they would have been able to somehow both win? Yeah. But there's also no real penalty to the player that I could tell if he loses. 
No, as long as the gamblers are happy, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. But the player has to make an honest effort. Player well, yeah, can't throw the game. If the player throws the game, the, the gamblers are going to be upset. Yeah. But if he does a reasonable try and still loses, mm -hmm. it's not like Alex seemed to get punished somehow for that. Yeah. Again, interesting concept, different enough than the average. Could have been, I think part of it is it was hard for a casual viewer maybe to to get the premise, get, like you were saying. Yeah, I think it's a hard idea to wrap your mind around. Well, it's not a hard idea. It's an unclear idea. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of people who still just view gambling yeah. poorly. The fact that it was in Vegas, it's about gambling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That I could see tripping some people up. Uh, might not have played well in the Bible Belt or, you know, I don't know, mm -hmm. uh, wherever. Definitely, I can see that. It's one where we've seen, I think, inferior shows last longer. Yeah. See, for me, the draw was Alex Kane coming from the past we'd heard about to become a guy who would do anything to keep people safe. Mm -hmm. and He's a more heroic figure than he used to be. Yeah. I thought he, he was a very good character. I thought the detective was probably the least defined character. There were episodes I wasn't sure why he was in it. Yeah. He, I felt he's sorry a character for him. I didn't think was essential, but given the one to bring in the FBI and stuff, I get why they had him. But I think he could have had the series continued, depending how the rest of this season would have played out, his character would have the 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 cop buddy either died, kind of understood what Alex was into and work with him. Or be working to get him out of it. I mean, it's, it's a character that either would have become more instrumental in a second season or gone. Yeah. Just would have faded away. Mm-hmm. He was one of the, again, you've got the player, the house, the dealer, you know, the pit boss, the dealer. What is this other guy? Mm-hmm. And saying he's the cop doesn't really answer it. Yeah. Well, especially since there were quite a few times where, like, Alex goes off to Los Angeles. Then why do we need a Vegas cop? Yes. There were uh, a few times that Alex went far afield, um, well, and even the, the, the pit boss going to Chicago and stuff. It was something that, is it set in Vegas? Is it not? I could see that, I won't say confusing people, but it certainly would have gotten confusing because there was the implication of there are other houses. Mm -hmm. Keep your house in order, not the house in order. Mm -hmm. uh, so where would these other players have been? Would they have been in different cities? Is it only, you know, major cities, gambling cities that would have had them? Mm -hmm. What is the jurisdiction that this, this player can be in play in? Because mm -hmm. it was it was only in the U.S., so it's not even like they went far afield. That we saw, and yet in that final episode, the FBI agent starts listing... True, London and other places. Cape Town and all kinds of foreign but places. But I think that's where Cassandra had been, or potentially where there were other houses, I don't know lot left to, to speculate on. Yeah. I'm curious what the three lead actors, ignoring the cop, will do next. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think all three can and should move on to other projects. Presumably, Wesley Snipes will go back to movies. I mean, he he's done a lot of great movies. Don't get me wrong. That's that's a place I think he's great at. Yeah. Um, I think it would take a really great TV script to bring him back to TV. I agree with that. I was very pleased, again, both the job he did as an actor and uh, just the fight scenes were mm -hmm. really well done. Yeah. And I'm not sure how old he is these days, but I was expecting with those and Snipes, 
it would be kind of he would be at the beginning. Here is the bet. Go off and and and, and go do it. He was an integral part of the show. Nineteen sixty-two, so fifty-three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still great shape and excellent job on the fight scenes. Yeah, I mean he. He's well, come a long acting, way. I mean, all the way around, he did a terrific job. I was going to say, he's come a long way since the early comedies I saw him in. Um, what was he in? White Man Can't Jump? Really? Okay. I was thinking of him more in reference to the Blade trilogy, uh, which was some of the early successful Marvel films. This um, is not. He did six episodes of a TV show called Help back in 1990. I didn't know that. Haven't heard of that one. He was in Major League. He was in Demolition Man. Again, a lot of action um, films and stuff yeah, like that. The Blade movies. Um, again, not one I would have expected to do television. Not necessarily one I would expect to do again, but um, he's certainly proven he can do it. And to me, I mean, there's a big difference between acting in a movie and acting in a TV show. Movie, you've got, you know, multiple months, six maybe more, uh, to, to get a two-hour movie out. Whereas TV show, every seven days, you're doing a 45-minute episode. Yeah. It's just a different pacing. And particularly given the uh, amount of screen time he had, some of which was fight scenes, uh, there's a, a fair amount of work there. Definitely. Um, Charity Wakefield was the one playing Cassandra, and I don't know that I've seen her in anything before. I don't think I have. I was really enjoying her performance. She did a good job. I also got to give a, a tip of the hat to uh, the, the hairstylist for her. Yes. She always had very interesting... Uh, uh, styles or whatnot yeah and for a character that's basically standing around with a, a tablet and saying the bet is this or you know turn left turn right or whatever um having again doing something with her character to make her visually you know stand out a little from episode to episode was nice yeah she had a fantastic sophisticated look going on yeah so and then philip winchester was uh, in strike back which he did 40 episodes of. He was in 24, Live Another Day. In Strike Back, from what I was reading in IMDb, him and one other person, maybe the one from Blind Spot, I think were the only two regulars to survive the series. <laughs> uh, again, special forces type thing, people die. Yeah. Again, if it's on uh, um, Netflix or something, we may want to check that out at some point. Yeah, it's one I've heard of before and always heard good things about. Um, he was in the TV series Crusoe for 13 episodes. He was in Camelot for 10 episodes. He was in Fringe for four episodes. So he's done a fair amount. Yeah. Um, but this was his first time, it sounds, well, other than Strike Back, headlining. Mm -hmm. uh, and Strike Back obviously lasted a lot longer. Yeah. It looks like Strike Back, at the very least, is on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Got that. We may want to check so. that out. Yeah. We find spare viewing time, which we have little. It was one that, again, the player was a fun show. It was uh, a lot more enjoyable than I had originally expected. But I think a lot of it was solid writing. Not amazing writing, but solid. No, but it was the lighthearted guns blazing. I almost want to put it in kind of the Fast and Furious diehard category. It was a good roller coaster ride, action adventure kind of a show. That has enough intrigue and enough who can we trust aspects to mm -hmm. to be more solid than just in the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, something to speculate on, whatever. But also, it had, between Vegas, the action scenes, the fight scenes, and stuff like that, enough kind of eye candy or whatever to be fun. But also, it had three strong lead 
actors. Yeah. You know, and there were things for them to do uh, with the material they were given, the mysteries we had, and the fact that any one of them kind of had their own ongoing plot line we could have followed. Mm-hmm. It was the player's show, but they easily could have done an entire episode focusing on nothing but uh, the dealer or uh, or the pit boss. Yeah. And they came a little close to that a time or two. Well, yeah, they had uh, in the Romeo and Juliet episode where the Romeo was at the hospital while Juliet's being operated mm-hmm. on and uh, Alex has persuaded Cassandra to go sit with him and basically mm-hmm. keep him calm. And he's saying, you know, we were going to leave this place. We want to start a family in mm. the midst of this war. How can you bring an innocent into this life? And here's this teenager going on with this very, very calm, very logical, very rational and kind view. Of a deep view, yeah. Yeah, of, of being in gang life, wanting out of it, et cetera. And she has just been told by her boyfriend that he's been offered a job in Vegas and he could live with her full time. And her first instinct was, well, yeah, of course. It's not like all of our enemies would come kill him. But then the pit boss is saying, people are are, are coming for us. Yeah. We're, our, our loved ones are in danger if you have any. You don't have any, do you? Yeah. And by the end of the episode, she's going, you know, the teenager had it right. I can't bring an innocent into this, even if it hurts me to tell him, mm-hmm. don't take the job, go elsewhere. Well, and there's also, with that episode, the implication that the house has a lot of influence mm-hmm. and can make a lot of things happen. Not anything, but a lot. Well, and that's part of the the house seems to have a bit of sway with its gamblers. Because if you're placing an illegal bet with the house, then when the house comes calling to ask something. Yeah, you're more likely to say yes than no. Mm-hmm. That's something that would have been fun to see play out a little bit. If Alex could have exerted a little influence on that and have good things happen to people who had been encountered in the episode. You know what I mean? Well, and as I recall, Johnson killed one of the uh, betters. Um, the Asian guy who yes. was doing side bets. Yes. That was uh, the actor we'd seen from Five O. I I think so. Yeah. Um, again, that was another good fight scene for uh, yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I mean, if if you want some good action sequences, this is a, a nine-episode series worth checking out. You know, if you're looking for the most sophisticated of, of mysteries in a per-episode basis, eh, maybe not. If you're looking for nine episodes, they come to a solid, wrapped-up close. That Sorry. was my big frustration. I was hoping they had enough lead time on the ending that they would have tied it off nicely, mm-hmm. if abbreviatedly. Uh, versus it ended on a reveal that we're never going to get any follow-up on. Yeah. I mean, th- there's no chance that some comic company would say, oh, let's do a player season two. It's like, no, not going to happen. We're not going to get a TV movie. We're not going to have Netflix revive this thing. It It's over. Yeah. Sadly. And it is. It's sad. It's unfortunate. It was a good show. But I think there's also a level of responsibility, I think, I'm sure- people in Hollywood and behind the scenes would vehemently disagree with this, but a responsibility to to provide an ending. Yes. If you go in with a series like this, and presumably, I mean, ostensibly, Straczynski did this with Babylon 5, where he had kind of those escape hatches. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got to pull, pull the chute now. We're, we're bailing out. Okay, boom, this is how we get a, a cleanish ending. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not wrap everything up, but would it have killed them for him to have found Jenny to have, you know, just moved on and say, okay, he's no longer the player. It's now somebody else's problem or something. It would have been hard to sell, certainly in the span of an episode, but revealing more mysteries, revealing, you know, they're uh, more onion peeling when, when we're done with the meal. Well, uh, the U.S. version of Life on Mars with mm-hmm. Jason Omara. Oh, yeah, yeah. It came to an end. It did. Very odd one, but a uh, very good. definitive one. But I liked it. As I recall, that was a show that just suddenly was told, okay, you're not going to have any more episodes. But they had that ending in the can, so they could just give it to us when they had to. That was when they had their, their exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. I appreciated that a lot. Mm-hmm. And they could have used that at any point. They could have gone another couple of seasons. They could have done it a season earlier. Mm-hmm. So having that in mind, I mean, to me, that's that that's one of the things I, I think is the responsibility of the storyteller. Yeah. End the story nicely, not just stop telling it. Yes. Yeah. So with that, anything else? Are we done? I think that's it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.